You know, I I don't love this pick. This is a race I would play a trifecta in. I would not play this horse big to win. Really has done nothing wrong in two races. Stretching out a distance. Um, I don't really think maybe a mile and a quarter is going to be great, but I think a mile 16th is going to hit this horse right between the eyes. I think he's going to like it. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner as a matter of fact i want to hit the exacta there's only one site that you'll keep coming back to so next time that the horses all line up at the post make sure you use the website that'll win you the most whether churchill oakland goldstream parks and matoga and all tracks in between there's only one site to go to when it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets RacingDudes.com, as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com, for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com, for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com, for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up? I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. This is Blinkers Off. What's up, my man? What's up, everybody? Yeah, I'm live again from Uncle Vito's for the second time today, everybody. So uh, excited. Uh, my uh, my father-in-law turned on the sign, Uncle Vito's Bar, so everybody knows where I'm at. Um, yeah, fuck, <laughs> man. Had a, had a great show this morning and uh, ready for another one. Yeah, uh, you, uh, you got a key up there yet, or it's not still not working on that? Yeah, I uh, I told him I said, look, if I'm gonna if, if I'm gonna promote Uncle Vito's Bar, you gotta turn on the effing heat, man. So he definitely did. It's, it's nice and cozy. <laughs> I've got like just a little. It's a very thin shirt on. And I feel comfortable, man. And listen, I'm repping my blues. The Blues tonight, opening night. I can't believe it. So uh, 10.30 here on the East Coast is going to be the start time. So I'll be a little tired by the time that thing kicks off, especially because I've had like maybe seven of these. But it doesn't matter. We're still excited. Hey, that a boy. I, I've got my new racing dudes, uh, but it's not coffee. Let's just put it that way. So, um, <laughs> but no, th- thank you, everybody that's tuning in right now on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. If you're listening to us after the fact, make sure you tune into these. Uh, we're doing it today early. Uh, usually on Thursdays, we're doing it on Wednesday. A couple reasons. Obviously, you have to leave next week or next tomorrow, uh, so you'd be traveling. But also, Fairgrounds is awesome, and they get the cards out so early. It's like, what the hell? Let's go ahead and do this thing. So, uh, big weekend t- this weekend with uh, the Lecompte, uh, and a derby prep. One that kind of somewhat, one of the rare ones, I think, this early in the year that produces some decent horses, it seems like. Um, and then, of course... The undercard is awesome. I mean, the undercard's like the there's some horses coming in these races that are going to be uh, kind of blast from the past. Some horses coming back. Uh, Wells Bayou coming out uh, off a, a, a layoff, a long layoff. So that'll be fun. So the card's really good. So it's a hell of a show. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm freaking pumped about it. I, I love this was out last Saturday. This card was out, and I was able to to dive into it. So I've had my picks for like five days. So I, I've been ready for this show, right? Uh, so uh, yeah. It's going to be fun, man. I'm excited. And you're right. It's kind of the first, uh, okay, we've got four or five horses that we might be interested in for the Derby. We'll see. Some of them will disappoint and some of them will run well. That's always how it goes. So yeah, it's going to be a good show. Um, like I say, excited, man. Let's let's do it. Well, I'll get right to the best thing we saw today. And I kind of thought, I forgot, I guess, that uh, you would be wearing blues. But I was, I was kind of thinking that, I guess our best things we saw kind of correlates with what we're wearing today. 
Uh, I kind of thought you might have a Browns on. I would have the Chiefs, and we could have a little uh, kind of go at it a little bit, a little preview. But uh, so I'll let you talk, I guess, about uh, you know the Blues, and I'm sure that's the best thing you saw today. Actually, you know what? It was going to be until the Rocket Hour cashed a ton of tickets today. We've got a ton of Twitters. I got some emails. We got some DMs for Ricky. We had some customers and some watchers of the Rocket Hour cash a ton of tickets. Best thing I saw today, man, the Rocket Hour did very, very well. Uh, if you've been following my picks, four days in a row of, of, of profits, so that's great. Going to head into tomorrow and hope to do it again. Uh, I've heard from a little birdie that Mike Somich also might be on the show tomorrow. I don't know if that's for sure, but that's what I've heard. Um, yeah, so the Rocket Hour is growing. It's 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 getting exciting. And, uh, yeah, people are cashing. So, yeah, the Blues, the Browns, everything's great. I'm going to save my boy Ricky P, man. Rocket Hour. I love it. Wow. I never thought I'd see the day. But there you are. Ricky P gets uh, Ricky P gets uh, the best thing. So, hey, and, you know, uh, what's it? he he has been really hot lately. Uh, of course, you can get Ricky's Rockets on the website at racingnews.com. He, he covers uh, tomorrow. He's got the picks for, well, if you're listening to this tomorrow. But if on Thursday, he's got picks for Fairgrounds and Gulfstream Park. Uh, so go check that out at uh, RacingDudes.com if you want a little bit more analysis from uh, our boy Ricky P. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll go right to it. Uh, best thing I saw has got to be the fact that I have a game to root for tonight. You know, I haven't I haven't had a game to root for the Chiefs in going on like three weeks, it feels like. So it's, uh, you know, we, we were off basically the last week of the season. We were off last week, and now come to the town or you're Browns. How about that? I mean, who would have guessed that the uh, divisional game would feature the Chiefs versus the Browns at the beginning of the season? But here we are, the Browns coming into Arrowhead. Uh, we, we should be going to this game, shouldn't we? <laughs> Listen, I thought about it and I'm like, oh God, I'm going to get home like Saturday at midnight. Like, I can't go to this. There's no way. <laughs> so I wish, <laughs> I wish, man. We totally 1000% should. I think we both kind of joked of, oh, yeah, when they play each other, we'll go. And we never really thought they would play each other. No. Listen, I said on the Rocket Show, <laughs> you have everything to lose. I have nothing to lose. Like, the, the Chiefs should kill the Browns. But it's so much fun that the Browns are actually in this position. I, I think it's a, it's the tale of two franchises at this point. The Chiefs are obviously the best team in the AFC and probably, I mean, I don't think there's any probably the best team in the NFL and you got the Browns who probably shouldn't have won last week. <laughs> so they're living on borrowed time as it is. And now they go to Kansas City. Um, here's what I'll tell you. I think they're really scrappy. I don't think they're going to go down easy, but I think they're going to go down. So, uh, but I, <laughs> I, I'm excited for the game. I, I was beyond thrilled uh, watching that Sunday night, uh, went into the game. I told my father-in-law, look, we have to have a lot good happen early. Guess what? <laughs> It did snap over the head, touchdown on the first play of the game for the Browns, and it just piled on from there. Thank you, Big Ben, for throwing like five interceptions. Thank you, Mike Tumlin, for punting in a situation that was just unfathomable that you would do that. Just one, maybe the dumbest coaching decision I've ever seen. And uh, yeah, here we go. We're coming to Kansas City. We're coming for you next week or this week. Honestly, I, guess. <laughs> honestly, I think the. I, I, the Steelers probably would have won that game had they not punted, and that seems yep. very no, I agree. very much of a stretch. But I mean, the Browns—they had the Browns up against the ropes, and and, and that sounds weird to say because they were losing. But I mean, they, they were did, just, it, the, the the whole thing had shifted, and it's what fourth and one, and they're what are they on like the forty or something? Like, I get if they're like if they're inside their own twenty or something, you're like, yeah, I mean, that, it's a tough call either way. But it's like. 
you, and by the way, you've been stopping him the whole game. I mean, the whole half at least. Yep. So it's like, you the, all the momentum shifted. So even if you don't get it for whatever reason, it's like hold him. And the worst thing is the three, you know, three points. And it's like, I don't know. It, it, and it shifted from there. It completely shifted from there. So uh, yeah, congratulations to the Browns. And that was an unbelievable. I mean. And I'm not even a Browns fan. I had so many people text me. It's like, can you believe this is happening, this game? And I'm like, no. Like, it, you blinked, and it was 28-zip. And it, it just, like that. And it, it kind of felt a little bit like Chiefs-Texans game uh, last year in the playoffs where it just, like, real quick, it happened. And it was a lot of mistakes. And, you know, you looked at the stats. You're like, how do they have 28 points? You know, it's like just a ton of crazy shit had to happen. But um, about the the game this weekend, though, that – it's interesting. This is a, you know one of our commenters here. Browns t- plus ten, lock it in. It, that's an interesting because it's from a Chiefs standpoint, we haven't covered a spread in in months, yeah. you know, and and yet none of other than maybe like the Atlanta game, not a lot of the games felt real close. It, it's just that's just the way they kind of play, and so yeah, they should kill them. They're outmatched in every aspect of the game. Maybe the running game for the Cle- the Browns might you know be better than the Chiefs, but. Uh, it's like, but plus 10, you know, it's like from a scrappy team that won't go down easy and the team that on the other end that is dominant, but can't seem to kind of pull away and kind of plays around with teams. Like it's an interesting, uh, situation to be in if you're betting this game, I feel like. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But uh, to me, the thing I would look at if you're, if you're betting this game, look at how the Steelers absolutely shredded the Browns secondary and think, okay, is Mahomes going to throw five interceptions? No. No, he's not going to. He might throw one. He's not going to throw five. So what's going to happen? I, I think the only way the Browns win is if they score like 45 points, you know, and that's not likely. Uh, I think the 10-point uh, differential there is mostly because uh, I think Vegas is thinking it's going to be a high-scoring game. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I'm i thrilled we're here. I have no expectations. Uh, I, I said on the Rocket Show – uh, the Browns winning would be the equivalent of me walking down the street right now after the show's over, let's say, and I find a $100 bill on the ground. It's like, wow, can't believe I did this. Yep. And that's kind of how it was last week, and that's how it will be this week as well. Um, but listen, excited to be there. I think I do think it will be entertaining. Um, I don't think it – I. 45-20, that's my prediction for the Chiefs. I really – I just – listen, I would love to be like, yeah, we're going to get you, Jared. But it's like, come on. I mean, they, they really – they don't have a chance on paper. They really don't. It is. A, it's starting to be a kind of surreal feeling. This will be the end of this because I know a lot of people are like, yeah, I mean, we, we're tired. We don't want to hear about the Chiefs. Um, right. Let's get the fairgrounds. It's yeah. like it's starting to be kind of a weird feeling. It's starting to feel like we're the Patriots of the, you know, like back in the day. Well, not in the day, but, if, you know, yeah. five years ago, say, where yeah. you enter the playoffs and everyone's, you know, you got a target on your back and that's the way it's been all year. When, and you, as a Chiefs fan, we're definitely not used to this. You know, so going into the playoffs, obviously we were the one seed last year, but kind of lucked into the one seed. And obviously maybe the the competition was a little tougher in the AFC. But uh, this year it kind of feels like, dude, if you're not in the Super Bowl, you guys did something wrong, you know. And and that's something that's kind of different. (laughs) Yet you probably should get used to it. But it's a weird feeling. And it kind of it's I'd much rather I guess the point is I'd much rather be the underdog in these games. Like it, it feels a lot better when you're like, like you said, the Browns, you're not really expected to do anything in this game. But if you win, <laughs> guess what? It's great. So it's it's maybe one of the bigger upsets in playoff NFL history. So uh, yeah, going into it though, uh, it definitely is. It's a little bit more pressure because you're like, uh, you know, just go in, you know, because if you lose to the Browns, it's like if you lose to the Browns at Arrowhead, 
in the playoffs, you're like, what are you doing? You know, like, what are you doing? So, anyways, Browns, Chiefs. I mean, it, it's one of those things. The, the one advantage the Browns have is they have no pressure on them whatsoever, just like last weekend. And, and the Steelers didn't really prepare, and that was it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, if the Chiefs didn't prepare and the Browns have no pressure, they, hey, maybe they can win, but probably not. What is this? Uh, if Chiefs win, Aaron shaves, and if this Browns win, not- Jared shaves. Dennis. What am I gonna shave, son? Like I shave like once every four days. Come on. How about how about uh Haltman shaves his head? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> uh yeah, no. Uh I, I don't think Haltman would take that bad anyway, even if he had a little bit of a beard. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Let me think about it, and by the end of the show, I'll come up with a bat, Dennis. How about that? There you go. I mean the people the, the you know, we're you're a Browns fan. I'm a Chiefs fan, obviously, and uh, people don't know that. And, uh, you know, we got to have something on the line here. I mean, you got to have something. So it's whatever you're willing to bet. Because I know you're, you know, you're the underdog. You're the biggest underdog of the weekend. So uh, whatever you're willing to bet. Okay. I'll think of something. No no money. I mean, we can bet money, but that's not fun. Let's do something fun. No, yeah. So. Okay. No money. I'll think of something by the end. I promise everybody watching. I'll think of something. All right. Let's get to the show. What everyone's tuned in for, I'm sure. Uh, not. Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs. All right, today's show, we're going to preview the $200,000 Lecompte Stakes. It's a grade three. It's a Kentucky Derby prep at Fairgrounds on Saturday. Then we're going to give rapid fire selections for some of the remaining stakes action on the Fairgrounds undercard on Saturday as well. Let's go. Fairgrounds on Saturday. The Kentucky Derby trail hits the Fairgrounds. With Lecante Stakes, a great three. We're 200K for three-year-olds going one and 16th miles. Field of 11 shows up for this one. Kentucky Derby points on the line. Like I said, 10-4-2-1 for your top four finishers. Uh, you know, what do you think of this field? It, it, like I said on the uh, intro there, it, it's one of those races that this early in the year, mid-January, it, it tends to produce maybe not, I mean, yeah, you had War of Will in this race, but you, know, but you always have some horses that feels like that it kind of make a run into the Derby Trail late into the season. So what do you think of here? I mean, obviously Brad Cox and this Brad Cox. If if we're playing a drinking game, every time we mention Brad Cox on this podcast, <laughs> uh, we're gonna be wasted because he's got a lot of horses running this weekend, and he's got a lot of good horses running this weekend. And number ten, probably your morning line favorite. The odds aren't out yet. Mandolin, a horse that I wanted in the first round. I thought I was gonna get uh, Brad Cox. Flow riding. What do you think? Yeah. So this bad. This race is a bag of. Um... Mixed tricks, I guess is how I would say it. There, there's a lot of just kind of horses that have kind of established themselves, but they've kind of established themselves not to be very good. And then a lot of horses that are kind of up and coming that you think, yeah, maybe they're decent, but they they had they didn't really like jump off the page. It really is a mixed bag. I went to Brad Cox on top with a 10 horse mandolin. Um, you know, I I don't love this pick. This is a race I would play a trifecta in. I would not play this horse big to win. But Mandolin is is who I, I landed with on top. Really has done nothing wrong in two races. Stretching out a distance. Um, I don't really think maybe a mile and a quarter is going to be great. But I think a mile 16th is going to hit this horse right between the eyes. I think he's going to like it. Um, you know, established horse really doesn't, like, flash when he watches workouts, right? Just like... He's good. He's not great. Um, but, you know, you think about fairgrounds, forwardly placed, long stretch, you turn for home. He's probably going to be like second or third, probably going to just be able to grind out the rest of the way and beat these, you know, beat these horses because we really don't have like a standout. 
Um, Mandolin is just, you know, kind of a lukewarm pick for me, but I do think the horse wins. Uh, the other horse I was kind of looking at a little bit and almost put on top is the nine manor house. So you kind of have to think, okay, let's look at some that aren't established because I do think an up and comer has a big shot to win manor house won by over 12 links last time out at Laurel park looked very impressive. That's the only race we got to see from them. Um, so that's a little bit of a problem, but at the same time, he definitely looked like he had a lot of talent. My biggest issue with manor house and why I didn't put him on top. I think the pace setup is going to be a little bit different for manor house today. I think he is going to have, uh, some pressure. I think beep beep can, can pressure him. I think, uh, midnight bourbon can put on a little pressure. Um, you know, I, I even think a horse like Santa Cruiser who kind of figured it out last time out. Uh, can put on a little pressure as well. So I, I kind of think the pace is going to be pretty hot up front. And that's another reason why I kind of went to Mandolin. He's going to be kind of stalking and, and kind of get the first jump on those leaders. So, uh, but, but, but Manor House did show a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of talent. So he, he kind of scares me, but, you know, in the end, I hate it. Um, I do think it is a race. that could go a lot of different ways, but I think the favorite, the likely favorite, we don't have the odds yet, but I think Mandolin's going to be the favorite. I think, I think he's the most likely winner. Yeah, I mean, obviously a horse that, like I said, that, that I wanted in the draft, and I thought I was going to get. So I, I mean, I, I I thought I was going to get him in the first round. He's first round pick in the in the league, and I so obviously I I'm high on him here. I think he's going to be tough. Um, those two. What do you? You're a big time form guy, and I and I always use time form as a kind of a, a supplement to to buyers, and obviously when I'm looking at the form and and the the, the numbers just that's the one thing like. So the buyers are very comparable, if not on the high end, Mandolin being compared to this field. But you go look at time form, and he's he's mediocre at best when it comes to this mm-hmm. field. So as a time form guy, how do you how did you kind of end up landing on him still? And and what what do you do whenever there's that kind of vast difference between buyers and uh, in time form? Yeah, it, it was a little challenging for me to land on this horse because of the time form numbers. He got a 93 last time out uh, for that win at Churchill Downs. And, it, it, you know, it's it's one of the lower ones uh, in, in the group. Uh, there's no way around it. But I think for me, it was it was more of a, hey, it's Brad Cox, and he, he definitely progresses his horses towards the big races. So, like, you look at Aunt Pearl from a time form standpoint, a standpoint Aunt Pearl – was a little bit behind those horses in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf, but on that day was able to run the biggest race for a career. Um, and I think, I think you know, he's very much – Chad Brown does this too. He's very much a stepping stone type trainer. Okay, now we're in the stakes. Now we're in a third start of the form cycle. Let's, let's hit a top. And I think that was kind of what led me to it. Yeah, if this was another trainer, honestly, maybe I, I, I would – I would kind of pass that up and I'd kind of say, well, I'm going to go elsewhere, but the confidence in Brad Cox uh, led me to Mandolin more than anything else, but you're right. You know, uh, the, the time form numbers aren't great. And uh, yeah, so that, that kind of leads you other places, but you look, you go, who's the best time form number midnight bourbon. Do we really think midnight Bourbon's going to win? Do we really want to put midnight bourbon on top here? No. Well, the problem is, is Midnight Bourbon ran his that best time form number in the, the race prior, uh, the Iroquois, where he got beat by sitting on go, which, I mean, it's like, so then you're like, well, sitting on go was awful in the Breeders' Cup, and then he got stomped in the Champagne to Jackie's Warrior and Reinvestment Rit. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
you got to kind of use those numbers as a grain of salt. Like, okay, what is it? What did we see? You know, what did the eye test show us? You know, and, and to me, it showed mm-hmm. me that that number's a little phony. Uh, I think it was like a 107, I think, is the time form on that race. And it, in, and uh, the highest mandolin's gotten is 93 on time form. Whereas, yeah. whereas in that same race, he got an 80 buyer, the Iroquois, uh, and uh, mandolin 82 last time out. So, I mean, that's just kind of what I, I'm, I'm talking about there. Um, and also, I think the fact, like you said, it, Brad Cox, a big factor there. Uh, another factor is the fact that he's won both his races pretty much on cruise control. You know, like you, mm-hmm. you kind of, you know, and I know time form is very big on on, on obviously speed um, and, and, and those kind of figures. And so I think you got to kind of count that, too. Like, again, passes the eye test. Uh, so Mandolin just seems like a logical horse here. He's won. OK, so the next kind of well, I'm picking Mandolin, too. So. You know, not just picking, you know, as this race, but, you know, what if I put the line at three and a half, uh, nah, three and a half legit derby contenders into like April of this field. What is it? As far as over or under? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to say under. I, I think it's one, maybe two. I, I really do. Um, especially when you think some of these horses will be injured by the time April gets here. Yeah. I, I, I really think it's like one or two. I think Mandolin's got a shot. Uh, and then there, there may be four or five others that I was like, okay, maybe like midnight bourbon, maybe like hits the board a few times and gets there. I get that. Uh, beep beep is a horse. that has got a lot of uh, upside. I think Santa Cruiser kind of has figured it out. Uh, Manor house, but at the same time, you know all those horses aren't going to get there. You know all those horses are not going to live up to what kind of we think they're going to be. So in that case, I would say under three and a half. What about uh, Proxy? You didn't mention really Proxy in this race. You know, obviously uh, Stidham, yeah. Godolphin, winner of two in a row, both at fairgrounds, two for two at the distance. I mean, this is a horse that's got plenty of speed. Could this horse be a factor in the race kind of with these other ones that are going to set up a, a pretty hot pace? It's possible. Uh, my problem is... You look at this horse's two wins, set a really slow pace up front, and then just went on with it. Not going to get that today. There's going to be at least somebody out there, you know, because there's four or five horses that have that have a speed. So somebody's going to be out there at least, you know, and I don't think Proxy's going to be able to hold on when the pace really quickens up for this horse. So that's that was kind of where I was like, yeah, I'm going to toss him for now. Um, but, yeah, listen, I, I think Proxy is a quality horse. I just want to see what happens when this horse actually faces a decent uh, 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 pace pressure. All right, Magic just hopped on. Uh, no love for a regular guy. You know, no, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I I don't know why they drafted him, and hopefully I don't. Like last week I picked Easy Time, and, and the horse sucked, and so that was great. But now I'm going to dog on their horse, so hopefully I, I don't send them to the winner circle. But <laughs> I don't see a lot of positive for regular time. Um the regular guy. The last, the one thing I will say, when this horse went a mile and sixteenth, it did win, and that was uh, that was his first race at a mile and sixteenth. So maybe, but you know, you look too back. Got beat pretty handily by Santa Cruiser. So if I'm going to pick between Santa Cruiser and and regular guy, I'll take I'll take Santa Cruiser. I, I don't think regular guy is that good. I'm not going to lie to you right now. I did not know regular guy was on their team. So. <laughs> So there's news to me, but maybe that I may have just definitely put the horse in the winner's circle for sure. Then, so yeah. Uh, okay, so you say under three, couple legit contenders at best, 
But we're both on mandolin, and we both think this horse, if there is a legit contender in here, and I'm talking legit, like, you know, obviously you win this race, you're on your way to, to get into the Kentucky Derby. Uh, right. But, you know, a horse like mandolin is a horse that definitely should be on everyone's radar and should win this race. <laughs> Time for Rapid Fire, presented by Racing Dudes Premium. If you haven't checked Racing Dudes Premium out, go over racingdudes.com and go to the products page right now and check out all our products we have to offer Ricky's Rockets. You got Soma Bombs and, of course, Racing Dudes Premium all on there. Uh, we have the uh, next week. It's hard to believe we are talking about a week away from the Pegasus. And we'll have a Pegasus wagering guide available on that coming soon. Pre-sale will begin in a couple days. Uh, so make sure you go check that out at RacingDudes.com on the premium page. And, again, free picks always. But if you want more information, go to Racing Dudes uh, Premium. They're on the products page. We're going to talk about the undercard here of the uh, fairgrounds on Saturday. We'll kick it off with race nine, the Marie G. Krantz Memorial Stakes. It's uh, worth 100K for Phillies and Mares. Four-year-olds and up one, one with 16 miles on the turf field of nine. Lines up for this one. Again, we don't have odds, so what do you think? Yeah, I think I think what's going to happen is the favoritism is going to be between the two and the five. The two is Genie B and the five is Delica. Uh, yeah, you know, I kind of went back and forth a little bit. Um, in the end, I went with the number five Delica on top. Uh, last time out, uh, took a stakes field wire or, or gate to wire here at Fairgrounds. I don't really think the horse is going to be out in front today. Um, but when you look at it, this horse can come off the pace and, and run well uh, as well. You, you know, four or five starts back, comes from like seventh and gets first. Uh, you know, next time out, comes from eighth and gets second. So doesn't necessarily have to have the lead. That's kind of what I like about her, especially in a race where there's a lot of speed up front. And I think this horse can kind of just sit behind him, get first run on the leaders. Um, this fairground surf course, a little bit different from anything uh, uh, these other horses are going to run on. So I, I do like that, that she has a win over the course already. So I went right back with a with the next out winner here. Hopefully this horse is going to be a next out winner. Number five, Delica for Al Stahl. Um, I love Al Stahl. I love Al Stahl, especially at fairgrounds. So I'm going to go with the five on top. Yeah, this is, I'll tell you, this is probably the, one of the tougher races um, yep. that we're going to talk about. It just I went back and forth. Honestly, I really wanted to pull the trigger on Genie B. Um, but the numbers just... I couldn't, the numbers are too low for this horse. Like the, if you kind of look at the horse in, in, a, in an overall sense, it kind of feels like this horse keeps getting better and better and better. And this is a perfect race for this horse to run in. But you know, obviously Flo opting to ride here for Mark Cassie, lot, you know, it, in, which I thought was interesting. The fact that Secret Message who Flo rode last time out for Brad Cox as well, he chose Genie B, um, which I th that's a big, that, I mean, he's opting to not run a uh, ride on Brad Cox there. It, it going with Marcassi. So I, I thought that was interesting, but the numbers just weren't there for me. So let's be clear. Secret Message would win this race, right? Like, Secret Message has the overall ability, but this horse is a pain in the ass. Like, he, 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 she never wins races. She's got ability, but, like, her numbers always show that she should be good enough, right? And she just never, she hasn't won, she hasn't won a race uh, since May 2019. Okay? That's the last time Secret Message won a race. It's, in, it's kind of unbelievable to think about it. That's been that long since she's won a race. Um, I'm, with, I'm, with, I'm with your pick, number five, Delica. I, I, I think this horse likes fairgrounds, uh, likes his distance, and obviously has been running pretty well uh, as of late. You know, one last time out, like I said, going gate to wire. But, you know, she did come off the pace, or at least kind of off stock of pace a little bit, two back, or three back, I should say, Kentucky Downs. 
Um, she's come from way off the pace. I mean, so she can kind of, she's a little bit more versatile of a horse. So if the pace is quick, which I think it will be, um, Delica can kind of pick up the pieces. But yeah, this is a tough one. Like I, I, I don't love. I, I would try to get as deep in this race as you could, right? Like I just as as much as you can afford here. Because, you know, Curl's Journey, a horse that I, you know, that, you know, you look at that last race with the Lika, Curl's Journey, Secret Message, all those horses coming out of that race, I feel like, could win this race. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree with you. Uh, Curl's Journey is very sneaky. Uh, that's a horse two back. I played at Remington Park and was very happy. I also played the horse three back at Remington Park and was cussing all the way down the stretch as this filly got, uh, or I guess Mayor now got 10th, beaten 10. But, uh, yeah, Curl's Journey is a, is a horse that could jump up. You know, you, you kind of mentioned Flo going to Genie B, okay? And it is most kind of like, why is he doing that? You know, because you're right. The numbers really aren't there. Uh, when you look at, okay, Cox versus Cassie, he's going to ride for, for Cox. I thought that was really strange that, that Flo was on the two. Almost to the point, well, kind of a defensive use now. But, uh, yeah, I, I, it, it doesn't say more negative about the three secret message than it does to the two genie b I, I, I don't know i was really kind of confused by that move um yeah but any i mean i i kind of think the quote-unquote safest play is the one we're playing it, it just seems like hey we won last time we got the same connections blah 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 uh you know one on the one at the track one at the distance all this stuff it's like yeah delica kind of looks like the, the safe play here right i agree like oh, there's a lot a little bit everything else seems to be a little all over the place whereas delica seems kind of doing her normal thing and and yep. is kind of the kind of the class so to speak of the race i agree like you know and i guess you kind of have to be careful too sometimes with these jockey changes like you know you never know like a scenario could be um cassie knew he was going to run uh Ginny b here and he asked flo uh he said hey can you ride because obviously he's been riding he had a local rider at woodbine he said sure and then lo and behold secret message ends up in the room you know what i mean he's like well i've already committed to it so it's, sometimes you got to be careful like taking it all there this like that this is what happened and then he chose this one so you never know um another horse love give me a, your opinion of the one joy epiphora uh, a horse that's very odd it's gonna be a pretty big price i think here ran once on the turf two back at saratoga and finished six only beaten four and a quarter the numbers of that race came back fairly strong for the horse, which puts the horse in the in the ball game as far as uh, of this race. Like, is there any scenario? I mean, like a class play. I'm mean, obviously Churchill Downs, Saratoga. This horse has been running. Can you make a case for this horse at all? Yeah, I looked for this. Looked at this horse a lot uh, coming into the race, trying to kind of think. Okay, because I'm already kind of thinking for the product. Okay, who am I going to put in the top three, top four? Um, I don't think this horse will make the top four. Uh, I, I don't really know what they're trying to get accomplished uh, with her. So came over from Argentina, off the turf allowance. They, they, they kept her in it. She got second. And it's like, okay, we'll try a stakes at Saratoga. Got fourth, beaten seven. Not great. Okay, we'll, we'll go to the turf finally. Got six, beaten four, but ran the best race of her career in the United States. Last time out, back to the dirt. It's like, what what really do you want to accomplish with the source? I'm not real sure. There's a lot of question marks. Um, I, I like that James Graham gets aboard. That's a good fairgrounds for, uh, uh, trainer. But end of the day, I was just really confused about what the source is. I, 
he uh, she is more of a I'll see how she runs and we'll think about that next time. Yeah, there's way too to me there was ultimately just way too many factors. You're, you're talking about one turf experience you have to go off of in the in the United States, and and you're basically hoping that that race, even yeah. though she got stomped in the race, I mean she was quote unquote stomped in the race. You was like, okay, well, hopefully she's just better than the rest of these. I, there's way too many ifs, ends, and buts in this race so, uh, for her in this race. So uh, I'm with you. Number five, Delika. Next up, race 10, the Louisiana Stakes. Grade three with 125K for four-year-olds and up going to one with 16th miles. Field of nine lines up for this one. Man, this is like the who's who's of horses we used to know, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, Grand Luigi, Captivating Moon, Silver Prospector, Blackberry Wine, uh, Indemudge. Uh, Tyler Reddy, my boy Jack. I think that horse might run in the next race. Uh, Wells Bayou. I said that earlier. Wells Bayou is coming back, and he's back. It's awesome for Brad Cox and Solomon, a horse that just got beat by Maxfield not too long ago. So, man, it's it's a crazy field, right? Yeah, yeah you 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 hit it right. It's it's the Boulevard of Broken uh, Broken Dream Stakes, no question about it. I mean, good lord, there's so many shitty horses in this race. It's unbelievable. Um. I just kind of went, okay, I think Wells Bayou, if he comes back strong, is way better than these horses. I mean, go down the list uh, when these horses were three years old, like Silver Prospector. Yeah, he's better than that horse. Blackberry Wine. Yeah, he's better than that horse. Solomon. Yeah, he's better than that horse. Okay, let's look at the older horses now. My boy Jack. That's funny. Title Ready. Yeah, he sucks. Uh, (laughs) You know, and that's kind of what I went. I mean, it, it was just really tough to wrap my head around anybody beating Wells Bayou here. As long as he's back to his normal race, um, you know, this horse, people may forget it's, it feels like it's been five years ago, but this horse won the Louisiana Derby last year uh, in wire to wire fashion. You look at the pace set up here. I don't see a lot of, a lot of horses are going to go with the uh, Wells Bayou. I don't know about you. Maybe you can have a different opinion than me there, but I don't, I don't see a lot of pressure and the ones that, that might pressure him kind of are off form lately. So I kind of think Wells Bayou gate to wire. I feel pretty damn confident in Wells Bayou, believe it or not. Yeah, it's a layoff, but it's also Brad Cox. And Brad Cox, it, you know, whatever, it doesn't seem to matter. His percentages stay about the same. So, yeah, a lot of shitty horses. And then there's Wells Bayou, who may very well be shitty as well, but he might be the best uh, of uh, kind of a weird bunch. Yeah, we haven't seen this guy since uh, finishing fifth, beating 10 and a quarter to Nadal in the Arkansas Derby May 2nd. So it's been a minute since we've seen this guy, but like you say, Brad Cox, uh, for whatever reason, he can he uh, he can get these horses ready off the layoff. So, um, no, listen, I think there's plenty of speed in the race. Having said that, this horse is the speed of the speed. I think in this race, um, obviously a horse like Blackberry Wine, I think he's got plenty of early speed. But you know, looking at the fractions of what this horse usually likes to run, he can't hang with that horse. Um, so ultimately, I, I think that kind of ruins Blackberry Wine's chances uh, because he's going to be chasing uh, Wells Bayou around the track the whole way. Listen, I kept going back and forth between Wells Bayou and you kind of have the, the, the uh, how long, you know, am I going to take this horse off that kind of layoff? To Silver Prospector, that's the other one. And, and I think that's a fair kind of back and forth because, I mean, Silver Prospector has beaten Wills by you. He beat him in the Southwest last year. Silver Prospector is capable of running these big races, and we've seen that in the past. Uh, ran a good race in October off the long layoff, and they came back, and they ran right back into the grade one Clark, and he just got stomped. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't good, you know? 
Um, I like that Santana is back on board after uh, taking that last one off with Clark in the Clark. Listen, I think the pace will be hot enough with Wells Bayou, and I'm ba I'm gonna play Wells Bayou, so don't get me wrong. I'm definitely not gonna just throw him out. But on a win side, he's gonna have to show it to me, you know, because it, whenever he was winning last year, it was kind of like it wasn't like he was like this hot prospect, right? He just kind of kept doing running well. Um, so he, he's got to prove it to me. Obviously, he's gonna be on my tickets, but I'm gonna take Silver Prospector. He, you know, obviously likes his distance. And I think the pace sets up enough for this horse to kind of... I think he'll look better than he really is. Let's put it that way. You know, it's kind of funny you say that because when, when Silver Prospector... I can't remember. I think, was he in the... What was he last time? He was in the Clark, right? Clark, yeah. The yeah, Clark, and, yeah, and we were talking about him. And, and you were kind of like, you know, I kind of like Silver Prospector, but this is a really tough spot. And I think you even said, it's like, get him to the fairgrounds in an ungraded stakes and I'm going to like him next time out. So there he is, right? Exactly. So, I mean, it makes sense. I'll tell you this, Jared. I didn't put him on top, but uh, I'm probably, I don't know this 100% for sure. I'll know it in the morning when I, when I kind of finalize the Saturday picks for fairgrounds. I think I'm going to play Silver Prospector and Wells Bayou because you're right. I, I, I For all the reasons you said, and, you know, Silver Prospector has shown some really sharp races. I mean, really sharp. And so now we're kind of spotted in the right spot. Yeah, the Clark was a little too tough for for this horse now we're back where he needs to be and uh the biggest thing is ricardo santana gets back aboard right so we talked about in the clark how ricardo loves this horse we know that for a fact because we're oakland guys and we knew that ricardo thought this was his three-year-old uh you know back february march uh when right. the horse was was going along the kentucky derby trail so now he's back aboard and that tells me that he thinks this horse is spotted to win yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I put out Wells Bayou on top, but Silver Prospector is definitely my other horse to use. Uh, couldn't agree more with what you what you said there. Race 11, the Colonel ER Bradley Stakes with 125K for four-year-olds and up, going one mile and 16th on the turf field of 11. Lines up for this one. My boy Jack, I think, I mean, it, oh, it's almost to the point where you're like, can neither surface be the option? Because I, I don't know which surface, but he might run in here. Uh, it's, it's kind of wide open. I mean, let's be honest. Mr. Misunderstood, another Brad Cox flow, uh, combination there. Is this, is this the horse to beat? I don't know. This race, this race is awful. So here's a, here's a fun fact that I just learned today. Mr. Misunderstood's going to scratch. He's actually been retired. So I have no idea why they entered him here and then retired him. So that's interesting. Uh, I hope you didn't pick him. So if you did handicap, this I didn't, D don't worry. I did not handicap. So that's, that's po positive. Yeah. So. Um, this is very much a pick an angle and hope you're right. There's a hundred million different angles to pick here. Um, I kind of use the same theory of the ninth race as I'm going to use for the 11th race to pick a winner. I did this at Gulfstream Park a couple weeks ago and both the horses won. So hopefully it happens like this again. Uh, I'm going to pick the horse that, that won last time out over this track and come right back and play him again. And that's the number one logical myth for me. And if you look at your past performances, last time out, logical myth, a winner in a $75,000 stakes at fairgrounds now is going to come right back in a race that on paper you would think would be a little tougher. But when you really look at it, I don't think it's that much tougher, if at all. Um, and another horse, uh, just like the horse in the ninth race, Lika, that I picked, another horse here in the 11th with logical myth, I think it's just going to the pace kind of. And I get that pocket trip of all the ground. Hopefully some, some room opens up at the top of the stretch. First run at the leaders. If the leaders start to come back a little bit, 
the source is going to get the lead and it's just going to be a matter of who's closing uh behind him so i'm going to go logical myth for two in a row and another thing and and uh our boy ricky p talks about this a lot on the rocket hour he loves horses that are very consistent and if you look at logical myth this is a very very consistent runner uh you know finishes on the board a lot so uh, for all those reasons, I'm going to go right back to logical myth here in a wide open race. Dude, I, I love that. I love that pick. I, that was a horse that I was back and forth with. Um, loves fairgrounds, this horse. Four for five at from four wins and five starts at fairgrounds. Uh, distance wise, it kind of go up in the air. Ten starts, two wins. Um, but really, this horse seems to be getting better. Like you're, you're, you're jumping on this horse right now because this horse continues to improve. Um, and like I say, obviously loves uh, the fairgrounds. The, the 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 chat right now on our live stream is unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to hold together uh, by <laughs> by talking, and I glance over every once in a while. I see you commenting every once in a while, so I know it's good. Um, listen, I I, I like your pick. Uh, another one, uh, Maraud, a horse I think is interesting in this race. I think it's like this, like we went, we talked about going really thin in the, in the last leg. This is one, if you, you buy as much as you can, you buy as much as you can in this race. I like, my top pick is number four, Big Agenda. I love this horse here. I think this horse is going to run a big race. Um, just because this that's all this horse does at this distance. At this distance, this horse, nine starts, maybe only has two wins, six seconds. So that might be frustrating. I get it. But also, this is not a tough, really a tough race, you know? So, six, this horse is one time has not finished in the top two and running this distance. Never in a fairgrounds, but you get Mike Maker, you get Santana aboard, who team up for over 20%. Uh, so, I love that as well. This horse, you know, you look two back in the Sycamore grade three, finished six, only beating three and, a quarter, three and three quarters. Uh, Zayad, Postulation, Red Knight, all those horses would would be good, good in this race. Uh, Two back, you know, th- you know, two or three and four back winners. I again allowance races, but is this not kind of a glorified allowance race? I mean, it really, it's just not that. It's not great of a race. Um, I love this horse's closing kick. I think this horse will be good, good here. Uh, and I love Santana. I love Santana j- jumps on here. So um, it's kind of a weird. I've had I've had pretty good success when you when you jump on a maker that is going to be a price. And I think he's going to be like what six to ten to one somewhere in there when i look at the past performances yeah i, I do i think that uh, i think you're gonna get every bit of that so yeah i mean he's another one i'm gonna use definitely gonna use gonna be in the top four uh if you, if you buy the premium picks on saturday you're gonna see that horse listed uh just couldn't pull the trigger as far as on top but i don't really blame you for doing it especially because you're right i think you're gonna get a price and um, that's probably what you want to do in here you definitely want to include a few prices well, and the thing, like you say, like with the one, uh, another very consistent horse, you want consistency. Consistency. Uh, the, the Woodford is kicking in. Um, you want oh. you, <laughs> you want it. So it's like your horse has it, my horse has it. You, they may not win, but you at least want to know the horse is going to give you a shot, and that's what you're looking for here. So uh, yeah. I, went, I went with number four, Big Agenda. And finally, race 12, the Silver Bullet Day Stakes. Uh, it's worth 150K for Phillies. Three-year-olds going one mile, 70 yards. And it is a Kentucky Oaks prep race. 10-4-2-1 for your top four finishers. Phil and nine lines up for this one. Brad Cox has got a few in here. And I've been hearing a lot of good things about both these Brad Coxes. Number six, Divine Comedy. And number nine, Sun Path. 
both for Brad Cox. What do you think of these two? What do you think of the race? Yeah, I, I, I think Brad Cox is going to win, and I, I followed uh, uh, Florent Giroux with Sunpath. Uh, I thought that was the big thing. You know, you look at you look at these two horses last time out, Divine Comedy and Sunpath, both rode by Florent, and then Florent jumps over and, and chooses Sunpath. So uh, that's who I went with on top because of that, and because of hey, he won by twelve and three quarters last time out over this track. That's always a good thing as well. So I think it's a nice horse. Uh, I think Brad Cox wins with Sunpath. Um, you know, I kind of feel about as strong about this horse as I did about Wells Bayou a little bit uh, earlier on the card. Uh, I, I just think that they might just be the best. The only other horse that I think might maybe challenge is super uh, sensational. Gets to the dirt for the first time. So that's questionable after two synthetic wins uh, up at Woodbine. You look at the breeding, though, this horse should like the dirt just fine. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, uh, the nine sun path on top. But I think the one super sensational is worth uh, worth a look here as well. Yeah, there's there's not much to not like about sun path. And, I, and I, I've been hearing about this horse for a long time. Uh, obviously, Jedmont uh, owned. So shout out to RIP, all right, to the prince that, that passed away this year. <laughs> this uh this past week i don't know yeah. that thing but <laughs> i mean we're not making fun of it don't you'll be wrong no no um, I'm for the guy i, I know that was the first um mind. obviously he's produced a lot of good horses over here uh and horses from you know overseas that have come over here so uh but judd mott sunpath brad cox uh flow like you say follow flow right and you know loses on debut in the last two have just been awesome especially stretching out um to this distance what we're gonna see today at fairgrounds one last one by 13 links last time out uh again you, you, you try you kind of you kind of have to we we see it a lot of times with bob baffert horses brad cock you, you kind of you get an idea of the good ones before they run right um so you start to know Sunpath's been a, a name that we've known for a while uh, and Sunpath is obviously bred to, to run uh and, and this horse seems like is a runner so i, I agree Sunpath is the pick to me, play the Cox horses. Um, uh, you know, don't get tricky with that. And I, I agree. I think super. Like that, I think super sensational is interesting. Um, what do you think of uh, Prince's Theorem? Yeah, Prince of Theorem. I mean, it's not a Cox runner, uh, so that was bad. But uh, gets Ricardo aboard. I thought that was a really good sign. Um, you, you know, my thing with Prince of Theorem just didn't do any running in the Golden Run. You'd like to see that horse run a little bit better. Well, you know, Johnny Velasquez was aboard there, so you kind of had the feeling that, that horse was going to do some running. Just didn't. Uh, and if, if you're looking for an upset there, possibly, but she wasn't for me here. Yeah, she got, I mean, she did get beat by Travel Column, but she got beat by a lot of other horses, other horses in the race, too. I agree. Like, she looked like, to me, it was a really promising horse going into that race, the Golden Rod. And so, kind of faltered big time last time out. But I think Divine Con, it's, the, the the way the pick five is structured, I think you can, you got to go super deep in a lot. Of We've kind of noted that, and then here you can go the Brad two Brad Coxes if you want, or you can throw in the the one horse as well. Uh, we made mention two races back where you can go pretty thin in that one. So it's, to me, it's like you can go. I wouldn't. I don't know if there was a single in these lakes, but you can go pretty thin in a couple of them, and then go really deep in a, in a few others. And, and I think you got a good chance of get, being live going into there. And if you're live to Sunpath and Divine Comedy. I yeah. mean, I think I think I like your chances. So, uh, you and I both on uh, Brad Cox's number nine, Sunpath. 
So all the time we have, check us out on RacingNews.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our Handicap Products Products link at the main menu at RacingNews.com to learn more. Remember, the Pegasus World Cup next week. Uh, be on the lookout for the upcoming wagering guide. We'll have that available, uh, pre-sale available pretty soon. Uh, obviously, next week we'll have the wagering guide available. We won't be there. It'll be the first time in the history of the Pegasus that we won't be there. So it's kind of a sad day, right? So should we explain to the people why we're not going to be yeah, there? I think we should. <sighs> So listen to this. Breeders' Cup, you get a COVID test 72 hours before you arrive. You submit it to the Breeders' Cup. They say, okay, if it's, I mean, obviously, if it's negative, <laughs> you're good, and you're in. Pegasus, at minimum, even if you have a negative COVID test, after you travel, you have to quarantine in Florida for seven days, get another test, and then they allow you, like, they allow you in. Or you have to quarantine for 10 days after you travel, and then they allow you in. So long story short, we would have to be in Florida a week before the, the the race actually runs, and then they would allow us in. So we're like, yeah, no, we're not going to do it. And both of which, well, I, I have a confirmed positive test. You never really did, but you think you had it. Um, so both both of us right. could test positive uh, again. Um, also, if we get in as press, like our options are like the awesome press room that Halterman loves, and... The, the the rail that's it like you can't go in the paddock yeah. you can't go on the backside you can't go you know in the winter circle you can't do any of that so we're like well shit what do we like even at, like best case scenarios we get in what are we doing like we just stay stay home we'll watch we'll do a live stream together uh and just you know just hang out so it's unfortunate we're not gonna be able to go but obviously covid has ruled everything so uh it continues. Hopefully, we can make it out to the races eventually. Uh, another race besides the Breeders' Cup, but yeah, man, it's it's crazy. I, I you and I both were like, we didn't even ask. We're on the same page. Like, yeah, fuck that. We're not, we're not, we're not going out yeah, there for that. Yeah, they blah blah blah. Here's how you get credentials, and then uh, go to the Pegasus website and look at the protocols. And I, I assumed you have to get a you have to get a negative test, which I have no problem with getting a negative right. test. Yeah, I makes understand sense. That. Um, I hate getting tested, but at the same time, if it means I can go to the Pegasus or other events, I get it. I'm all for, I'm all for it. And then you look and it's like, well, yeah, you got to get, uh, you know, stuck up your nose and then you're quarantined seven days. You get stuck up your nose again and then we'll let you in. It's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sitting in a hotel room in Florida for seven days to go to this shitty race. So it's not going to happen. Um, that does not mean we won't have coverage. That does not mean we won't be live, uh, uh, going live uh, during the day. It doesn't mean we're not going to have a guide. It doesn't even mean we're not excited. It just means we can't be there. So, sucks. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll have wall to wall Pegasus coverage next week, and uh, I'm I am excited about it for sure. But I hate the I hate the protocols. I mean, I I don't know if we'll be back at Gulfstream ever if that's that's what it takes. You know? Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, I mean, it might be better. I mean, because we'll be able to be more involved on the stream and and uh, you know we'll be yeah. kind of like yeah, you know, sure. we did with the Derby this year. You and I we were together, uh, Oaks and Derby, where we just hung out and and live streamed the whole basically the whole day. So that's something probably we'll do for the Pegasus as well. So make sure you look out for that. Uh, make sure you go to check out racingnews.com. It's your destination site for all free horse racing picks and information, including coverage for all. Major horse tracks running in the United States. We're on Twitter at Racing News, Instagram, and Facebook. Facebook, you listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Google Us at Uh I was instructed by my boss, Magic, 
to tell you that the Magic Mike show is previewing Saturday's Fairgrounds, late pick four on Thursday, so tomorrow. Uh, today, if you're listening to this on the on the pod, uh, so the, basically they're preview what we just did. So if you want to compare some opinions and then make a, make your tickets, that would be a great way to go about that. Doctor Miranda is previewing the Silver Bullet Day. Uh, that recording will come out on Thursday as well. So Doctor Miranda, uh, and then Magic is going to ruin Aaron. This is a word for word. Uh, Air, or Magic is going to ruin Aaron's hot streak when he steps in for Friday's Rocket Hour. So Magic will be on the Rocket Hour. So Hoffman continues to will continue to uh, light it up on Thursday, and then on Friday Magic will be on the on Ricky's Rockets and screw everything up. Yeah, Magic uh, gonna come on Friday because I will be traveling back home finally um yeah yeah so ha- check out magic friday i think he did shitty wednesday with Ma- of last week and he was on and then <laughs> and then i came came and cleaned up the mess thursday and friday so hopefully i set him up wednesday and thursday today was a, just a freaking excellent day no other way to put it and hopefully tomorrow goes as well and uh yeah then maybe magic can, can kind of clean up his act so <laughs> yeah very excited all right uh did you think of a bet oh boy I forgot about that. Chiefs, Chiefs, Browns. <laughs> kind of thought you might have something. Chiefs and Browns this weekend. Um, let's see. Let's make it to where we have to do something on the next podcast. Yeah, of course. Uh, if okay, so I've already got. Go ahead. I already got what I want. I already got what I want you to do. Okay, go ahead. If. And are we talking win or cover? Like, are we, are we playing spread no, or are we just talking win? Because at the end of the day, for you and I as fans, it doesn't matter if they cover or not, you know? Yeah, you just want them to win. Yeah, um, you just win by one point. Do you really care? No. They're on to the yeah, they, Right. Uh, I was going to say, if 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 the Chiefs win, <laughs> you have to host the next show. Like, I have to be the host? You're the you're me. And I get, to, I get to be... Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. So consider how genius, how generous I was there, because you know, I my odds are very good that I, that I the Chiefs will win just based off the Vegas odds. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, so I'm not gonna make you do anything crazy. Yeah. So if the Browns win, which would be crazy, what do I have to do? Since you hate Baker Mayfield so much. Okay, I know where this is if going. If the Browns win. Okay. If the Browns, it's not gonna be embarrassing at all. Well, I don't know. You may think it is. I'm going to bring you my Baker Mayfield jersey. You're going to have to wear that the whole show. And you have to say within the show, you have to say this three times, that Baker Mayfield is one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> you have to say it three times during the show. Okay, so I want to change mine to you have you okay. have the same deal plus you host. You got to okay. wear the Mahomes jersey. I. And okay, you that's fine. Say, which that's not easy, hard to say, but you got to say Mahomes is elite. But okay. Well, okay. Let me make this more interesting because I've said Mahomes is elite a hundred times, so that's really not a punishment. I'll wear the Mahomes jersey. I will host the show. And if you lose, you have to host the show like normal, but you have to wear the Baker jersey and you have to say that he's elite three times. Okay. Okay. Because. Listen, I, I'll go ahead and say Mahomes is elite, but it, it's really not. There's no point in that, really. 
I think he's right. You've said it, you have you have said a hundred times. You said that he's the best quarterback in the league. You've said yeah. I mean, so I know that's nothing. But me saying Baker yeah. is that that will that will hurt. So yeah, I, I agree. Right. So, uh, so there's and, two hurts, and obviously there's two, hurts to wear, there's two hurts. You have to wear the jersey, and you have to say that. And there's two hurts for me. I have to host the show, and I have to wear the jersey. So it's two against two right. as far as the hurts. There you go. Okay. There you go. No, I like. Yeah, that's good. It's friendly, but it's kind of funny at the same time. And you can make like you can make fun of me hosting the show the whole time. I mean, that'd be kind of funny. Yeah, if you're if you're hosting the show, the the perfect scenario is you're hosting the show next week. I'm just gonna just log gag around, and you're wearing the Mahomes jersey. It's gonna be perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. So that'd be funny. I agree. Okay. All right. All there's, right. No, I'm good. There's there's the bet. So this weekend, okay. This weekend, Chiefs uh, and Browns. They just have to win. It's just a winning bet. It's not not a cover. Just just Chiefs versus Browns. Whoever wins, that's the bet. All right. Good luck to you, sir. Yeah. Good luck to you. I you don't need it. I do need all the luck in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. no? <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, I believe word is uh, we will be back again on Friday night for another. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what we call the happy hour, degenerate hour, handicapping degenerate hour. So that was fun. Uh, we we almost hit that damn thing, the, the pick four at same That was that was brutal. Um, but we'll be back. We'll be talking about, of course, NFL NFL games, uh, previewing that. And uh, yeah, it's just a fun time to get a bunch of de- degenerates together, uh, drinking and, uh, and and do some handicapping. So make sure you check us out. On Friday, remember to check out Magic Mike's show tomorrow. Check out the Rocket Hour tomorrow. Check out Dr. Miranda tomorrow. So it's all going to be all over the place. So I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Alterman. Good luck this weekend. Go Chiefs. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs>